the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work. Empowering you to better understand and deliver a best-in-class, future-proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. Greetings to the Talent Experience Podcast listening audience. This is Rhonda Taylor, your host. And today we have a guest who, gee, Lars, I think I spoke to you uh, probably a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, about finding time to come here. And at last, we have Lars Smith joining us. Just before Lars starts speaking about um, his brand new book, um, yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background, but I think Lars is going to have to tell me more because he was very frugal in his comments um, to me on his bio. He is the founder of Amplify, a boutique uh, firm that helps companies and HR leaders navigate the new world of work through HR executive search and the Amplify Accelerator program. He has spent over 20 years in the industry building a range of leading global companies. He's a writer for Fast Company, author of best-selling book, Redefining HR, which we're talking about today, and co-author of Employer Branding for Dummies. And he's the host of Redefining HR podcast. Lars, did I miss anything? That's that's pretty good. That's pretty, uh, you know, embarrassingly uh, comprehensive. I, most importantly, uh, I'm a dad. I'll throw that out there. So that's, uh, that's my top job. Yeah. And, you know, uh, one of the nice things that Lars does is he, in his personal brand, we kind of know him and his family and the, the pictures at Christmas, they, they, they're, they're such, a, such a special family picture, Lars. And congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Um, Lars actually last year um, published a book, Redefining HR, and it has got tremendous reviews. And, and um, Adam Grant, who I really think the world of, has said that this is really redefining the future of HR. And HR has kind of taken, um, has had to sit back and reflect upon itself. And Lars has taken the opportunity at this time during this reflection of, of coming up with a book, um, almost like a how-to book, as, um, as if one could say, and we're going to talk about it. Um, we're going to talk about redefining HR. So, Lars, why why did you write this book first of all? Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote the book because I had been kind of covering the evolution of HR and modern people practices for almost a decade, um, and and a lot of the kind of content that I was creating around that was, uh, you know, individual content. So, you know, I have a column for Fast Company. I used to write for Forbes. Uh, you mentioned the podcast you know, it would kind of hone in on a specific thing, but there's only so much depth you can get into and, you know, a thousand word editorial piece or even a half hour podcast. And so uh, I had been really wanting to kind of write a book that tied it all together and actually presented kind of a, a macro view of the evolution of HR with a focus on kind of uh, companies and leaders that are working at the leading edge of people ops. What are they doing differently um, and, and how that field has changed? And then really packet full of case studies and tangible examples um, from people in the industry that are actually doing the work because I'm not, I'm not a practitioner right now. Um, the world didn't need another pundit book on the field of HR. I wanted to make it very kind of real and practical and relatable with real stories 
Um, and so kind of that was why I kind of get to the point where, um, you know, it was, it was time to, to bring all of those interviews, all the conversations, all the stories together into a book. You know, um, and, and we spoke to you while you were writing the, this book. And, and I, I guess my quick question was, did you see the transition what, that was going on during the, the time of COVID as an accelerant to, to get the book done? Um, yes, yes and no. So I think at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, you know, I was involved in a couple of different open source projects trying to help the industry as we're navigating this, you know, once in a generation pandemic. Um, and I ended up investing a lot of time in that. I kind of dropped everything to, to try to give back in the industry and help with that. Uh, and didn't write any of the book. Uh, I had the framework and I kind of knew the outline of the book, but I didn't actually get to writing until probably four months into the pandemic. Um, the benefit of, of that was, you know, we were already starting to see some profound shifts to how we think and operate in HR and what our future was beginning to look like. And it was looking very different than our past. So I was able to account for all of that in the book. I was able to account for the changing narrative and conversation we were beginning to have around diversity, equity, and inclusion in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder. You know, so a lot of the things that happened in 2020, I was able to bring into the book. So when it was published in January of 2021, it was, you know, I think the first HR book that really accounted for this new reality that the field was in, given everything that we had been through with the pandemic and everything that stemmed from that. Right. Okay, like, and, and there was so much going on at the time that you were writing the book. And, um, you know, I wrote a book, so you sit down and you, at the very beginning, you know, you, 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 you come up with your list and what, what your schedule is and, and your content. Um, then the pandemic came, you know, what, what chapter was the hardest for you to write? Yeah, I mean, I think that the chapter on diversity, equity, and inclusion um, was the hardest to write, and for a range of reasons, right? Um, I'm obviously a middle-aged white guy. Um, my lived experience is very different from the perspective that I was really trying to capture in that chapter, because I think it is really important in the field of HR that is, you know, some statistics I've seen recently are, you know, roughly 70% white. Um, when you look at things like dismantling systemic inequity, and trying to address some of these generational issues that we face in society and our workplace, you know, if the dominant, uh, you know, uh, you know, group within the field of HR is white, you know, those things are systemic because they're designed to be invisible to us, and and we have to be able to really educate ourselves to see some of those things in order to change some of those things. And so, you know, writing that chapter, I wanted to make sure that it, it really reflected the history of uh, of LGBTQ plus. And that struggle uh, as well. And so there was so much that went into it. And I also kind of owned that my perspective based on my life experience, you know, is very different from people who I really wanted this chapter to be able to focus on. And so, um, you know, I wrote the chapter, rewrote the chapter, did it several times, um, and then also brought in a range of people and different perspectives from my network to read it and, you know, tell me where it was wrong and where it was off and, and really kind of valued their input in helping me write a chapter that I think really kind of reflected what HR needed to read in that moment. And oh my gosh, and even that chapter was in transition during during the um, you know we went into COVID with LGBTQ, and now 
um, you know, you know, it's plus, plus, plus. Um, there's just so many other factors. Um, and that's, that's another story that we, we covered in, in the talent experience with Katrina McGibbon. Um, you know, how has the book impacted your career? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think that the uh, the book was really the catalyst for this whole new segment of my business, which is the, you know, the Amplify Accelerator, which is, you know, kind of an ecosystem aimed at, at developing and connecting and supporting the next generation of chief people officers. And really the, uh, the inspiration for that was I was getting a lot of feedback from the book and, and people who read it and said, hey, I'm inspired to, uh, uh, to learn more about kind of this new model of HR or, you know, do things in a more progressive way. Uh, where can I go to continue my education? And I was stumped. I didn't actually have anywhere that I was comfortable saying, oh, go here. Like, this is where you will. And so I said, okay, well, that, you know, my, my personal mission has always been accelerating innovation in HR. And so I was like, if this is really my mission, I need to take a more proactive approach to, to how I think about doing this. And so that led to the accelerator platform, which is, you know, a, a four week cohort program for, uh, for leaders uh, it's a community, uh, there's a job board, there's on-demand courses, uh, and then there's an open source learning lab kind of connected to that. But all of that was built last year. Uh, and all, and really the kind of the, the driving force behind all that was, was feedback from the book. So in that way, it had a profound impact on my career. I never envisioned myself being a teacher or being somebody, you know, somebody that would have, you know, that kind of like a developmental platform. Um, but here I am and I love it. Yeah, and, and when you think of yourself, you know, traditionally executive search, you know, um, looking, looking um, you know, outside and COVID has taught everybody to, to look internally. Internal mobility is, is the new buzzword um, that, that we're witnessing. Did you cover that in your book? Um, I did, yeah. And I covered a few examples of, of upskilling and reskilling and how even as a result of COVID, some organizations had to, you know, whose whose businesses were uh, or dramatically impacted industries like hospitalities, um, and then you had other companies. I believe, and then the example in the book was, um, you know, CVS. CVS was hiring uh, like you know unbelievably, and so they did a collaboration with Marriott, where they took a lot of the you know Marriott employees who were furloughed and actually gave them kind of temporary roles at CVS. Uh, and so we just saw these really interesting collaborations uh, that occurred as a result uh, of the pandemic that, again, we talk about, you know, moving into this new world of work and whether COVID was an accelerant. I mean, it was rocket fuel and it still is, you know, we're, we're still navigating through this, but the only thing that is certain is that our reality that existed in February of 2020 is gone forever. That's right. And, and you, you wonder, you, we're, we're all waiting to see what the new norm what the new norm is all about. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been a year since you published the book. What would you add if you were writing it today? Oh, um, that's a hard question to answer because I think that so many of the things that were top of mind um, for me, I was able to get in the book. Like, I, I think, uh, yeah, I want to give a, a thoughtful answer if I had one, but honestly, I, there's nothing that I can, that is like a glaring omission for me today. There's areas where I certainly would have gone deeper and I would have loved to have gone deeper if I had the space. Uh, but you have, you know, when you're writing a, a book like that, there's limitations in size and word count. And so 
Um, you know, th there's areas that certainly I, I would have loved to have spent more time in the book that I wasn't able to just because I ran out of space. Um, but no, no glaring thing that to me, uh, I would absolutely missed X or Y. All right. And what's next on Lars's agenda? You know, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with the accelerator. So if you look at kind of my world today, you know, there, there's three components to Amplify, which is my business. There's HR executive search and, and that's going great. There's media, which is the podcast and um, fast company column and, and, you know, kind of things like this and speaking at conferences, which are starting to happen live again, which is kind of exciting. Um, and then there's the accelerator platform and that just continues to grow and scale. And so, you know, I'm really heavily vested in that as kind of a growth channel um, within Amplify. And so, you know, I tend to not look out beyond a year in terms of like what's next and what I'm planning is too much happens. And it's, I find that, you know, when you, when you lock into a three-year plan, a five-year plan, you miss opportunities. Um, so I don't do that. I kind of look at a year at a time and, you know, this year I'm going to be focused on scaling and growing uh, the accelerator and really trying to build uh, a really unique uh, and valuable place for kind of the next generation of people leaders. Right. And, and there's so much going on with the next generation. And, you know, what, where do you, where do you see the workforce going? Um, do you see everybody going gig? Everybody, some people are saying that by, by 2030, 70% of the workforce is going to be gig, gig, uh, um, gig relationships. What's your crystal ball say, Lars? Yeah, I, my crystal ball doesn't say that. That would surprise me. Uh, I think that's a bullish estimate on, I mean, there's a range of people, reasons why people go, you know, to gig workers, some by choice, some not by choice, right? They have to have a range of roles because they can't find the full-time role they want. I think we are in an environment that's going to be much more flexible from an employee standpoint. I think hybrid is here to stay. Many more companies are going to be built, distributed from employee one through a thousand uh, you know, moving forward, I think real estate is going to shift, you know, people don't need those giant, uh, you know, uh, office spaces that they used to, it'll be a little more like hoteling spaces, co-working spaces, lounges, uh, you know, clubs in some ways, right, in terms of like how they're arranged and configured, um, you know, that is going to be a huge shift. So it's exciting. I mean, there's no, there's no one single thing that is going to be uh, oh, it's it's just this. It's like, it's a range of things. And we're not done. Like things that we're not thinking about now, in a couple of years from now, they're going to be coming up. And now we're going to have to address that. Things like, uh, you know, right now, I think one of the barriers to work from anywhere uh, is regulatory, you know, and, and compliance driven. And so our laws and our policies haven't kept up with how we work now. And so, you know, that I expect to catch up so it's an exciting time. I mean, I thought this before the pandemic, it's never been a better time to HR. Like, you know, we have to own, it's also been never been a more stressful and difficult and challenging time to work in HR. But if you are somebody who really likes to kind of look at the future uh, and, and you know, see how things may evolve in a positive way, there's so much, uh, I think, optimism for this new world of work that we're actually building today. Right. And you know, I, what, the transition I have seen with COVID and the pandemic is people taking ownership of their careers. Um, I grew up in an age where I felt that the company I worked for owned my career. And I would go up the ladder according to 
what my how my supervisors viewed my viewed my performance. What are you seeing now? Yeah, not anymore. Um, I think that people are much more entrepreneurial about their own career, and for good reason. I mean, there's so much opportunities, especially when you look at the rise of remote and hybrid work right now. There's very little friction to change jobs, right? If you're, if I wake up in the morning, I walk into wherever I work from my home, I open my laptop and I do my work. And then, if I don't like the place where I'm doing that, I close my laptop, I go somewhere else. The next day, I open my laptop and I'm working at a different company, right? So there, there's very little friction. In, and I, you know, obviously, we're narrowing into to office jobs and jobs that are uh, that are able to work from home, and that's a subset of the overall job market. So let's acknowledge that. But I think that. The ability for people to, you know, go somewhere and if they don't feel valued and challenged, if they don't find room to grow, um, they're not going to stay. And so, yeah, I think employees are very much in the driver's seat in this market. And I think it's also we're, we're making this more kind of societal shift towards, you know, away from, you know, what I, you know, called hustle porn culture, right? That we've kind of been in. It's like, oh, grind, grind, grind. How are, you know. No, like going through a global pandemic, this is a humanity shaping event. You know, people spent more time with their families and their loved ones and building hobbies and traveling and, you know, realizing that life isn't all about work. And in the U.S., we have, you know, been been fed that for a very long time. And I think that those attitudes, especially with younger generations, are starting to change. And so um, they're in the driver's seat and they're going to craft the future and the life that they want to have. And it's about molding life and work together. It's not just about being beholden to that job and climbing that ladder within a single company. Exactly. Yeah. Lars, we at the Talent Experience, we always wrap up our podcast, uh, having our guest answer um, this question. And it's, you're very good at what you do. You always bring the, the, top, of the top of your, best of your performance uh, to the game. How do you do it? every day, day in and day out? You know, for me, and this will be cliche, but I really love my work. I love what I do. I love the variety. It's intellectually stimulating. It's engaging. Uh, there's an analytical side. There's a creative side. Uh, there's a people element woven through everything that I do. And so those are all things that get me excited. And I think particularly in you know my role now and kind of being an entrepreneur, I can craft the work life that I want. I can choose the companies that I work with. And there's a lot of freedom to that. And so I think in that environment where I'm privileged to kind of work on open source projects, commercial projects, creative projects, uh, you know, no two days are identical. And for me, that is just, that's really fulfilling. Um, and it makes it easy to kind of, cause e even, you know, not every day is like that, right? You have some days where it's like, damn, I have to drill up every bit of motivation I can to do that one thing. That's the thing I really hate doing, but I know I have to do it. Yes, I have those. We all have those. But but every day has at least some things that I like and they give me energy uh, and it helps overcome the things that might not be as exciting. Yeah, you, you feed off your wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Lars, can you, uh, before we depart, can you tell everyone if they're interested in uh, buying Redefining HR, where they can find it? Yeah, so um, the, the book and kind of all the channels I walked you through can be found on AmplifyTalent.com. So the book is just AmplifyTalent.com slash book, um, podcast, AmplifyTalent.com slash podcast. And you can learn more about the cohorts and the accelerator, the community uh, and all the different channels there. 
and, and redefining HR is, is found at every bookstore or on Amazon? Yeah, uh, well, you can get it on Amazon. You can get all the online bookstores. Um, you can get it directly from the publisher, Kogan Page. Um, so you got options. Excellent. And we, we like options in today's world. This is Rhonda Taylor from the Talent Experience. Thanking Lars Smith for being our guest today. Lars, again, is the founder of Amplify. Um, take care. Have a great day. And we'll see you in the future. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent Experience Podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentexperiencepodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalentXPodcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag Talent Experience Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. The Talent Experience Podcast was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel 50.